Hello everyone and welcome to this live stream special. I'm super happy that you're joining me and we're going to learn something today. But don't worry, no tricky questions. It's all going to be really useful. And it's the kind of thing that I wish I knew because I've set up a business. Hooray. But I didn't know what I was doing. Ah! And, I, and one of those things is that I had to become a leader and it's very difficult because it'd be nice if someone was there to help you. And on that note, I've got someone who is going to help unpack this topic for us together on how to become an effective leader. Give us some examples and all that cool stuff. So without further ado, I've got the lovely Tanya, who is founder of Eid Enablers. Tanya, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I've waited so long to be on this podcast. No, I'm here. <laughs> you are here. I we I was we were gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. Maybe I needed you at this key point now. I know because we needed to build up to something, didn't we? Yeah. We did do. But Tanya, so I'm familiar with the stuff you've done, and I'm sure a lot of people are, but for the benefit of the audience, if the person here is not familiar with yourself, Tanya, who are you? Hi, I'm Tanya Elenfeld and I'm an architect, author now of Build Success and I've set up my own business too. So I've entered into being an entrepreneur and it's been quite a journey and I'd love to share some of that today. But I think in the beginning, I started out probably quite typically in a small architectural practice in Melbourne, Australia, working on residential projects, but probably quite unusual at the time was I was working at the same time on master plan and urban design projects. So I very mm -hmm. early on, I had this window into the small scale crafting of architecture and the larger scale impact of architecture. And I did love playing at those two different scales. But I think the fact that I had this window into the larger scale, I could see there's all these gaps in my knowledge. I'm drawing these blocks and moving them around and talking to communities about what's going to happen in 10, 15 years time. And I just knew I didn't know enough to really be credible in that conversation. So I guess I went on a bit of a journey to try and fill that gap. And that led me to London, working in London for the past 16 years and working at Grimshaw London for almost 13 of oh, those wow. years. And yeah, I was drawn to working on larger and larger, more complex projects. And I think it's fair to say that over time, there was a gradual progression in growth. But at the same time, I was also thrown in the deep end and was really fortunate to work with some incredible people on some amazing projects. And I think because I've seen all these different scales over time and I've worked with very large teams, at one point we were a team of 100 and I've seen what it takes to run a team like that. And although I'd fallen into leadership roles over that time, and it felt as though the progression to larger scale and more complex projects was fairly gradual, actually looking back, there was it was just thrown in and just going for it. And wow. so I got to a point on a project where I just thought, we can't go through that grueling year. Again, I can't do it to myself. I can't do it to my team. I'm in a leadership position and I don't feel like I can change what's happening here because it's bigger than the project. It's bigger than, even though, again, we had an incredible client, incredible project, amazing people around us, seriously. And yet with all those things in place, it was still very hard. And I mm. couldn't see myself repeating that grueling year. So I went, I stepped outside of architectural practice to, to figure out what is it that I can do to improve the way projects are run. And although I didn't know it at the time, I guess I was falling back on leadership is the thing I know that I'm skilled at. And I know that's the key to unlocking so much potential in projects and in teams and in businesses and in the built environment. So I figured that if that's the thing, if that's the one thing I could try and shift and improve, 
then I think it could have a much bigger impact and improve the way we live, work and play. And I'm especially interested in making sure that there's just a more diverse group of people stepping into leadership roles yeah. and that those teams involved in creating these incredible projects aren't compromised along the way. Because I think yeah. when you, certainly when you come out of architectural studies and you just, you feel like you want to save the world and you feel like design is the way to do that. And it partly is, but then you figure out actually it's design plus the leadership and curation of that throughout a very long period of time if we're talking about complex projects. So I guess where I'm coming from is I want to nurture that creativity, but then also give it this real business leadership sense at every stage of the way. So not just when you hit the leadership role a decade from when you from when you graduate or something along those lines. Every step of the way, if you understand that this is my contribution that I could make and it's leading me in the right direction and it's leading the projects in a much better way, then I think we'll be more effective. I think we'll enjoy what we're doing. I think more people will step into the space and really be themselves and all of these things. Brilliant. It makes it, it makes total sense. Now, I'll be honest, I've fallen by accident into being a leader at times. And we're all human beings. I've so, sometimes thought, okay, I've led well on this example. And other times I've done it by the skin of my teeth or not as good as I wanted. Now, as an architect, we talked about it a little bit before we we went live. You might become an architect, you might get your ARB, then you become a project architect and maybe you get given a part one or a part two and you're supposed to do this project. And, and that's what I'd like to talk about a little bit today is the first time you start having leadership responsibilities. In your experience, Tanya, are there maybe some common mistakes that people make or are there some initial things you like people to think about when becoming a responsible or effective leader for the first time? I think the most common thing is when you're first stepping into a leadership role, you've just like the day before you were doing everything, like all the hard yeah. yards in terms of the drawings, et cetera. And then suddenly you're in a leadership role. And so it's hard to, first of all, it's hard to let go of all the things you were doing just yesterday anyway, yeah. but also because there's this real sense of control. I know what I'm doing when I'm doing it. I don't necessarily know what I'm doing when I'm asking someone else to do it. So it is, it's quite a transition to, to move into a leadership role, like a pure and simple leadership role. So I would urge you, if you're just stepping into this space, just accept that there's going to be this gradual relinquishing of responsibilities onto yeah. somebody else to do some of the hard yards. And for you, for the fact that you won't know all the details, the further you step into a leadership role, the less detail information you have. But then again, the broader, the bigger picture you have. So mm. it's important that the more you step into this leadership role, you have to relinquish some of the control of the details, but still build the trust with the people around you that you can go and ask them for the details because it's you need some of that context. But also understand that when you're stepping into leadership and you're seeing the bigger picture that you didn't necessarily before, you're sitting at a decision-making table, hopefully or potentially, or at least invited sometimes. And yeah. with that context, because that's such important context that you now have, feel the need to share that with your team because I think that there's just not enough of the right context being shared with teams in order for work to be done in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, it's it. I think the initial stages of leadership are probably harder than when you fully step into the role because when you initially step in, you're, you've, you're straddling both sides. You, you've got all the information, all the details. You've done so much of it yourself. You've got all this control. You're 
you're probably a perfectionist and yet you've got to walk over there and do a meeting and not understand what's going to happen for two or three hours. And that's really hard some, yeah. sometimes. And I think just accepting that that is the transition that you need to make and you can do it in a step-by-step way. It doesn't have to be like completely stepping away and abandoning ship. Yeah. No, makes sense. And I was thinking as well, because a leadership by nature, I mean, is there a fixed definition for it or can it be quite broad? Because a team leader probably needs to be in one sense, a good leader, but equally it could be a BIM coordinator that's inspiring people to start using more Revit compliant models than, I don't know, 